0: The readings taken from Luke 19, 1 to 10. Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through, and a man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. He was a tax collector and was wealthy, and he wanted to see who Jesus was. But because he was short, he could not see over the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore tree to see him, and since Jesus was coming that way. When Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. So he came down at once and welcomed him gladly. And all the people saw this and began to mutter, He's gone to the guest of a sinner. But Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, Look, Lord, here and now I give half of my possessions to the poor, and if I have cheated anyone out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house because this man too is a son of Abraham, for the son of man came to seek and to save the lost. This is the word of the Lord.
1: Well, I guess that most of us have something about our bodies, we're not entirely happy with. Take my hair, please. I've never quite been able to get it to do what I want. Oh, thank you. Never quite been able to get it to do exactly what I want. It has a mind of its own. When I was a child, I used to plaster brill cream all over it. Yeah. I'm not able to grow a beard or a mustache. My feet are too wide. I've got a dent on my forehead. And the list goes on. Over time, I've come to realise that I simply have to live life with the cards that I've been dealt. I know, though, how Zacchaeus must have felt being short. Because up until the age of about 12, I was one of the shortest in my class. Then I just carried on growing until I was about 19, 20, something like that. But being short means you're vulnerable to being teased. I know one or two ladies are all souls who can vouch for that. Sometimes, men who are short develop what's been called Napoleon Syndrome, as in the picture here. They have an inner urge to prove themselves and gain recognition. Like Napoleon, they become desperate to grasp hold of power and dominate others. They can also be rather aggressive car drivers. So is that why Zacchaeus was attracted to being a tax collector? A man to be feared? Is that why Zacchaeus swindled his fellow Jews of so much money? Well, many Bible commentators think that is the case. Probably it wasn't called Napoleon Syndrome at the time Zacchaeus was born, because he was born nearly 1,600 years too early. And also calling things syndromes weren't the done thing then either. However, what started as an urge to prove himself then lets greed take over Jericho at the time was a very, very profitable place for tax collectors. It's on a trade route. It's a producer and exporter of dates and balsam. A prosperous place with plenty of opportunities to extort taxes, extort taxes. And as a chief tax collector, he was creaming it in. But his wealth and position had bought him no sense of acceptance with either God or man. Napoleon ended up in exile, cut off from society. And Zacchaeus too was effectively cut off from society. He would have been shunned and treated with contempt by the population of Jericho. A man hated for what he did. A man not invited to social gatherings. An outsider, alienated and lost. And lost here is not referring to Zacchaeus, where Zacchaeus might spend eternity, but rather to his present state of disconnection from both God and man. A most horrible position to be in, and one that we can all suffer from. A sense of lostness. I wonder whether you might feel lost today. So, our story story starts with Jesus entering the town of Jericho, and Jesus is on his way to Jerusalem, where he will be crucified. So, this is the last stop before he gets there. And Zacchaeus has two problems. First, he's short, so he can't see over the crowd. And second, mingling with the crowd would be hazardous for his health. Plenty of people could give him a sly kick or shove in the the big crowd. A dangerous place to be for the lost, for a lost soul who's disconnected from society. He knows their displeasure. And Jesus is just out of sight. He's at the back of the crowd, you know, and he just can't see over to see him. And Zacchaeus has a desire to get closer. I can relate to that. When I was at a conference some years ago, someone called Graham Kendrick was leading the opening worship. And we all thought it was going to be fairly routine. You know, the formality of a few songs, and then on with the seminars. Not so. Not so as we were worshipping the Holy Spirit gave us all an overwhelming sense that we were at the back of a crowd that was watching a procession and in the procession Jesus was walking past so suddenly we were all just shouting out Jesus name calling out for him to stop we all wanted to get to the front of the the crowd and I'm sure if there had been a tree in the hall well, we might have all climbed into it. But the procession didn't stop, it moved on. We didn't see Jesus, but we sensed his presence. And even being at the back of the crowd was still a very profound experience. So it's a strange feeling being at the back of the crowd and knowing Jesus is just there. So Zacchaeus climbs the tree, hoping that he might see Jesus. Hoping that he might find Jesus and discover whether the rumours he's heard about Jesus are true. But beyond his wildest expectation, Zacchaeus discovers that Jesus is actually looking for him. Jesus walks up to the tree, looks up, and says, Hello, mate. You're just the bloke I've been looking for. So glad I found you at last. I simply must stay at your place today. Well, that's my translation anyway. It blows everyone's minds. The crowd start grumbling and murmuring. You must be joking, Jesus. He's the last person you should be seen with. We all hate him. He's an evil bit of work. He doesn't deserve for you to enter his house. Now the way Luke has arranged his material means he wants us to make a link between this event and a story that Jesus told earlier in the Gospel of Luke, that goes like this: Two men went up to the temple to pray. One a Pharisee. And the other couldn't turn the page on his oh, no. One a Pharisee, and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee stood by himself and prayed, God, I thank you that I'm not like other people, robbers, evildoers, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week and give a tenth of all I get. But the tax collector stood at a distance. He would not even look up to heaven, but beat his breast and said, "God." Have mercy on me, a sinner. I tell you that this man, rather than the other, went home justified before God. For all those who exalt themselves will be humbled. And those who humble themselves will be exalted. And the story helps us to interpret what's happening with Zacchaeus. In terms of relating to God, Zacchaeus had nothing to bring. He couldn't claim to have anything that made him deserve God's favour. And yet, Jesus accepted Zacchaeus exactly as he was. There were no conditions, simply Jesus saying, I must come and stay at your house. The crowd, however, had the same mindset as the Pharisees in the earlier story. What are you thinking, Jesus? Zacchaeus doesn't deserve to have you in his house. Yet amazingly for Zacchaeus, Jesus does not treat him as his sins deserve, which staggeringly is just as true today. Jesus accepts us as we are. He doesn't treat us as our sins deserve. He simply says, Hello, I've been looking for you for ages. I must come and stay with you. I must be in your life. Has Jesus found you? So the crowd had their minds blown away, but so does Zacchaeus. To be fair, so does Zacchaeus. It's going to go back a page there. Hey, Jesus is coming to my house to stay. Yay! I can entertain him with all the best food and drink. Yay! Yet, all that food and drink, even the house that I've acquired, was through ill-gotten gain. Hmm. Jesus is coming to my house to stay, but I've got nothing to give him that isn't contaminated. I know this is what I'll do. Jesus, I'm going to give half of my possessions to the poor and if I've swindled anyone, I'll pay them back four times the amount. Of the note he said this after Jesus invited himself round, not before. Jesus accepted Zacchaeus just as he was. That bottom word there is changed, by the way. Don't know why it's half off the screen, but perhaps it's because we're half changed. (laughs) Anyway, Zacchaeus accepted Jesus accepted Zacchaeus just as he was. But when we are found by Jesus, we don't stay as we are. We change. Zacchaeus is a changed man. He was lost. He was found. He is changed. And when we are found, we are no longer disconnected from God. And we change. Those things that cause the disconnect, we now realise need to go. For Zacchaeus, that was greed and money. For Zacchaeus, it was the inner urge to prove himself. But now he knows acceptance from God. God. just for who he is. Money loses its grip on him. But Zacchaeus, the changed man, also reconnects with society. Imagine what the effect was on those around. Suddenly Zacchaeus has given half his money away. He's repaid people four times the amount. He makes restoration. And we assume he goes on to live as a fair tax collector. Well, that would certainly have made an impact. No longer lost to God and man, but found. No longer lost to God and man, but found. No longer lost, but found and changed. Today, salvation has come to his house. Can we expect anything different? Can we have Jesus stay with us? and expect to live just as we were before he came to stay with us. Or no, we can't. I wonder what Jesus would want to release us from today. Things that we may be holding on to, that really, if we keep holding on to them, are going to disconnect us again from God. He wants to give us freedom He wants to give us freedom to change. We were lost, we're found, and now we can change.